Welcome to Pushing the Limits, the show that helps you reach your full potential with your host, Lisa Tarmati, brought to you by lisatarmati.com. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome back to Pushing the Limits. Fantastic to have you with me again. And today I have my best buddy, Neil Wagstaff. Neil, how are you doing? I'm good, mate. How are you? Very good. Now, for those who don't know us, Neil is my business partner in Running Hot Coaching, and uh, he's also been my coach for God knows way too long because we're way too old now, Neil, eh? (laughs) and have a huge history. And he's been on this podcast a number of times, and we have shared uh, many different uh, aspects of what we do and some of our expertise. Um, Certainly, Neil has a huge background as an exercise uh, physiologist and uh, a coach and Pretty much, you name it, he's done it in the fitness industry. Um, and today's topic is going to be all about, all about something called epigenetics, a very big word. You probably go, what the hell is that? Well, you would have heard of DNA and how we all have different DNA that we've inherited from our mum and dad. And you might have heard of gene testing and how important this can be. And we've done a few episodes here on the podcast uh, recently with Dr. Uh, Mansour Muhammad, which was very fascinating, looking at specific genes and what that means for you. But today's one is about epigenetics. So epi means above genes. So this is what influences your genes. So you're born with a code from mum and dad. You inherited your genes from mum and dad. And from this, this is like your blueprint. So if you think of this about like an architect who's done the blueprints for your house, your genes are your blueprint and your builder builds your house. And it's what the builder does that actually influences your genes, if you like. So this is your environment, what you eat, what you sleep, when you, how much exercise you do, uh, what toxins you're exposed to. All of these things are actually going to affect your genes and what expresses and what doesn't. So we're going to talk you through uh, a program that we use at Running Hot Coaching, and uh, we've had fantastic success with it, what it's all about, and explain a little bit. So, Neil, where do you want to start with this one? That's a, that's a good question, a big question as well. <laughs> Probably a good place to start is when we were, we were personally as athlete and, and, and coach um, feeling confused as to some of the results that we were getting with your training. And then as we applied the training to our, to our members at Running Hot Coaching as well, wondering why we were getting different results. Um, so from a sport point of view, we started raising some pretty significant questions as why some people were getting results, others weren't on exactly the same program. Mm-hmm. Um, was it down to effort? Was it down to motivation? Or was it down to the environment they were training in and, and how their genes were expressing? Um, so how we got to where we where we got with it, and also, which I'll get you to, to, to probably explain as well, Lisa, is we were asking more and more questions, especially when um, around your mum's health as well. Yeah. So is, we started yeah. asking a lot of personal questions about our own health, questions about um, our family's health, and then those we're working with and coaching, and the same at the our gym over in Havelock North, as we're, we're just, why are people not getting the results that they could be and should be, and what's stopping that happening? Yeah, so it's, it's looking at, you know, um, before genes came on the scene and, and the science of, of epigenetics and DNA testing and so on, it was a one-size-fits-all program. We were all taught, and when you studied, certainly you, Neil, with your exercise uh, science background, you studied stuff. If you do this, you create that adaptation, and your body should get stronger or, or lose weight or do things, you know, calories in, calories out, 
strength training causes this response in the body and so on. But it was all a one-size-fits-all approach. And that was all we had to go on. And then you'd have these people who got fantastic results just after the, you know, as the book says it should happen. And then you would get people who dieting for for forever, uh, exercising for Africa, and this is something that I experienced as well, and not getting the results that they deserved and getting very, very frustrated and wondering why the guy next door who's eating fish and chips every night and drinking beer has got a six-pack and I'm slogging my guts out and I'm, I'm not getting anywhere. And so this is what sent us into this direction. And then when my mum had her aneurysm, um, we really wanted to tailor her rehabilitation plan to her genes. And, and we came across this program, which has really been a game changer for us and what we do as a business and in our personal lives. And it certainly changed uh, the trajectory of my health and Neil's as well. And we were we were fit and strong and, and, and generally what you'd call healthy anyway. But this for us, was a game changer, wasn't it, Neil? Um, yeah, massive. I think, you? I think the, the aha moment for us, as we, as, as I was thinking about it before we we, we started chatting today, was really understanding that ninety five percent of how our genes express themselves is really controlled by our lifestyle and environment. So that for me was like, ah, oh, all right, now that really means that we, as in us individually, and all the people we work with in our families, are really in the driving seat. With being able to control their control their health and how their genes their genes express themselves. So once we realised that, and as you said in the introduction, with the epi the epigenetics being outside or above, so it's the the things outside and above that will affect how your genes express themselves. If we can take control of that, which we started to do, and then starting to see the results by taking control of that, all of a sudden it's like, wow, this is pretty cool. The other real significant thing was what I needed to do to get my genes expressing in a certain way was very different from what you needed to do and very different from what your mum needed to do and very different with the hundreds of people that we've taken through the program with what they need to do. So it really did nail down for us that the, that this, everything should be truly personalized. Yeah. It's definitely the way health and fitness is going. It's definitely the way that um, medicine is going, nutrition if you are not getting a personalized approach to your medical care, to your health and fitness, to your nutrition and dietary advice, then you're not getting good advice. It yep. needs to be personalized and tailored to, tailored to you. Yep. So it's, um, they were definitely the aha moments, though, that you're, we are now in control of what we're doing and how we're doing it. Yeah. So this has been, and it's, I'll give you an example from my life. So obviously being an ultra marathon runner, doing absolutely stupid long distances. And I remember this sort of came home to me when I ran through New Zealand a few years back and I was running 500 kilometers a week, like absolutely ridiculous amount of running, right? You know, not normal, not healthy, not recommended. Um, and I was putting on weight and I was like, what the hell is going on here? I was burning muscle and I was putting on fat. Um, so that was for me, like, you know, like for goodness sake, what do I have to do to get lean and, and have a, um, a, a strong, healthy body? This obviously isn't doing it. And it was because I was sending my body into a state of panic and stress, the stress response, and the body was holding on to everything. And when we looked at my genes and I went through this program, it actually said that I was much better suited to the shorter, sharper, high-intensity workouts and combining that with a lot of things like yoga and Pilates to calm my my um, 
nervous system down because I have a body that runs a lot on adrenaline uh, and therefore I need to calm it down. So I needed that that sort of yin and yang type of training, yoga on the one hand and Pilates and on the other hand, high intensity and actually doing the super long distance slow stuff for hours on end was not optimal for my body. And when I changed that and started to do uh, more CrossFit style workouts, more circuit training, more high intensity with medium weights for my body type, not heavy, heavy weights, then I got massive results. Uh, and this was on a quarter or less than a quarter of what I had been doing previously. And that was like, you've got to be kidding. I've just spent 20 years doing it the wrong way. And it doesn't mean that I cannot ever do an ultra marathon. It just means that if I am training for an ultra marathon, I need to approach it differently. And I also not, I need to not do it back to back because that really isn't healthy. And that's what I was uh, having a lot of um, you know, problems with, especially as I got older. Um, yeah, so let's... I think that's a key, key thing as well, as well, Lisa, is just, it's, it's allowed you and, and us and those we're working with to create a user manual for their, for their bodies. A user manual, I and, love and that and word. It's, yeah. it's, not, it's not a case of, you know, you, you're, with what we established from the programme, you, to your point, ultra marathon running wasn't the best thing. It just means that what we can do now is, is approach that from a programming point of view a whole lot, a whole lot more yeah. wisely. So it doesn't mean you cannot do your goals. It just means, okay, well, you're going to do it slightly different than than the guy down the road is going to do it. Exactly. We're going to approach it in a better way. It's probably good as well, just following on from what you're saying there, if if we're just talking through and looking at the – how much impact environment does have on what you're doing um, training-wise as well. Mm -hmm. So there's some great research and studies we've we've looked into and discussed over the years as well, Lise, with – studies with identical twins that same genes so therefore should be identical and look identical but they've been spent time in different environments and then as a result their phenotype i.e how they look and how they present when we're looking looking at them is significantly different yeah huge. now a lot of that is going to be driven and triggered by um from an environmental point of view it could be stress load it could be type of exercise it could be chronobiology i.e the time of day that they're doing the things the social connection they're having, either too much of or lack of, and the people that are around them. So those of you listening at home, you may well have been in an environment that you feel that you just thrive in and buzz in, and you can't quite put your finger on it, but you know that it really energizes you and puts you in flow. That is your genes expressing themselves in, in a positive way. You have also been in environments where you're like, it just doesn't feel right here, and you feel it actually leaves you feeling more unhealthy. You actually find that being in there for prolonged periods, you actually start to change body shape and put weight on because your body's been thrown into a stress response just because of the environment that you're that you're in. Yep. Okay, so it's really, really quite fascinating how how important the environment is to the point that when we're programming people now, we're not just thinking about number of number of squats, type of strength training, or how far they're running, or what type of exercise they're doing. We're actually thinking of how much connection they're getting. Is there a place, i.e. their home set up as it should be, their workplace, all those things set up to positively influence their um, their genetic expression? So yeah, and, uh, and that's like, you know, I remember, you know, you telling someone to go home and set up their office space better uh, with plants and so on to because they spent a lot of time in this environment and it wasn't set up properly and that was causing their body stress and that led to the fact that their training wasn't getting the results. And you'd go, wow, that's real woo-woo, you know, that's real sort of like weird. 
But they came back, you know, weeks later and going, oh, my God, what a difference that made because I was in an environment that I was happy in and therefore my stress levels throughout the day were lower and therefore I got better results and it has a knock-on effect. And it's, it's, it's a cumulative thing, you know. If you're, if you're sleeping at the right times for your biology, for your genes, if you are eating at the right times. So one of the – so this is um, – this program that, that we are trained in and, and uh, educated in is – been something that's been developed by hundreds of scientists. So the science behind this is just absolutely phenomenal. And both Neil and I are science nerds, so we like to pull everything apart and make sure that, uh, you know, all this learning that we're doing and all this sort of information makes sense and actually is robust as far as the clinical trials behind it, the information behind it. Uh, and it's it's been mind-blowing to, to see scientists across so many different science disciplines and this is what is really fascinating with the program that we do is it's it's a taking not the old traditional siloed approach of you know one science might be embryology and another science anthropometry and another one is neuroscience and they're all separate this is where uh, you know hundreds of scientists have collaborated across 15 different science disciplines to give us and using ai artificial intelligence in these the massive computing ability that we now have to be able to take um, information about you and your genes, which is done through a questionnaire, not done through actual DNA, like you're not spitting into a vial in this case. Um, this is a different way, and it's collecting uh, 10,000 bits of data about you, your ancestry, your uh, ratios of body uh, parts, uh, measurements of all the body, uh, you, the colour of your hair, the colour of your eyes, looking at the, all the genetic markers. Do you have a widow's peak? Um, is your ring finger longer than your index finger? All these weird sort of uh, measurements are taken. And what this does is it gives them information about what genes are actually in play in this person and how, more importantly, these are expressing right now. So that from that information, we can take the 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 reports, if you like, that this gives us to actually build a program that will help your entire health, performance, your well-being, uh, and all of that into account. So it's it's been a an, an amazing ride for us, hasn't it, Neil? Yeah, massively, massively. So and with all that information, it's uh, once once you've got it and you drill down into it, it's amazing what you can what you can what you can do. Some of the other examples, and once you've got that information, I mean, one of the questions that uh, we started the started the podcast with was just people not getting results. So imagine joining a twelve week program of some sort, with the intention of losing losing weight or changing shape or putting on um, some lean tissue, and totally not responding to it. So there's a lot of a lot of studies we've looked at where people are just non effectively non-responders, so no response to the the exercise nutrition they're using, and that could be simply speaking with the information Lisa was just talking about there, is rather than going to try, for example, a boot camp at six in the morning for twelve weeks with a recommended nutrition, and realise that throughout the process you either don't respond or you actually change shape by putting on adipose tissue and body fat. If you knew that that time in the morning wasn't a good time for you to be training. The type of food that you were eating um, wasn't the right type of food for you. And the people you're hanging out with doing it just wasn't suiting your, your body and health type. And all of a sudden you can flip that and then join a program that actually works for your, works for your body. 
Yeah, this, this is where is, it becomes yeah. so valuable, so valuable. It takes away the trial and error, takes away the guesswork, and really now starts to increase motivation and adherence because you're actually feeling like you're you. Yep. And that's the other massive bit, just to point out as well, is it's okay to be you. It's yeah. all right to be unique. It's all right to be you. And there's so many messages out there in the, the health and wellness and fitness world that kind of point us to the fact that we should be a certain way and it's all right to be different. It's all right to do it in a different way and, and follow a different path that gets you, gets you different results. Yeah, I mean, I'll give you an example here of my, my husband, um, Hazley. Uh, I used to make him get up at 5 a.m. and do a CrossFit workout. <laughs> and You're, a hard when wife. We... You're a hard wife. <laughs> yeah, very hard <laughs> wife. Um, and this was actually a disaster for his body type. He put on weight and he didn't feel good and he didn't enjoy it. Um, and when we did the epigenetics program with him, we now understood why, because his hormones, for example, are replacing themselves at that hour of the morning. So I was smashing his testosterone production. So that's not a good thing ever, uh, because I was doing it at the wrong time of the day. So chronobiology is a very big piece of the puzzle. Uh, then the type of exercise that he was doing, which was CrossFit style. So it was really hard, high intensity, back to back no breaks in between the sets type training. Now this caused in him, he's got a slow ATP uh, replenishing in his cells. It's, it's a bit slower than say in my, my genetics. So he needs to be doing heavier weights, but slower uh, sets. So he needs a rest in between each set and to be doing slower heavy weights. Whereas I'm better to do sets back to back to back. So I'm getting a cardiovascular workout and a muscle workout at the same time. And I can do that. Um, so when I was training him the wrong way for him, that was just causing chaos in his body, uh, causing an inflammatory response, knocking down his hormones, uh, knocking his sleep patterns around because that's a time when he should be asleep at 5 a.m. in the morning, very important for his genotype. Um, and all this sort of thing was a really uh, a bad pattern. And you would have thought, that the discipline that he showed and the and the hard work that he was putting in, he should be getting a result. Now he does more long distance ultramarathon type running, and that's perfectly suited to his body type and his genotype. He is very slow start to the day, so he doesn't get up early and go and smash himself. He waits till later on in the day if his lifestyle will allow that, and we can get into working in the grey a little bit later. Um, but he's better in the afternoon if he does his training. He should not eat an early breakfast. He should not be eating until at least 10 o'clock, if not longer, and, he, and he's more suited to doing uh, a fasting, so overnight fasting if he can, and, and eating a little bit later. Uh, then his, his food style should be um, two to three meals a day, bigger meals, but two to three. Uh, and he should be having a sort of a low carb, low protein at night time. He, he should definitely not be eating carbs late into the night because that's really, really bad for his uh, epigenetic type, if you like. So all of this information now, he can take that away and go, he doesn't do it all, all of the time. I mean, let's be honest, life gets in the way and sometimes you want a glass of wine at night and that's fine, but he's making that choice then with the knowledge that that's not really ideal for him. But he has the ability to pick the training program that now suits his body type to work out at the right time of the day uh, and to do all of these other um, things like what time of the day is his brain going to be working best? When is he best to do his intellectual work? When is he best to have his social interactions? 
all this information um, that has really been a game changer, hasn't it, Neil? Yeah, massively. And if I use my own personal examples on the, on the flip side, I want to be calming my system in the evening when Hayes is going to be coming into his own a little bit more. Mm. So he'll still be able to be quite alert and productive. Personally, for me, I want to be calming my system in the evening to, to calm my cortisol levels. Um, calm my hormones and let my let my body body settle. I'm much better early in the morning. Um, early morning training works from my perspective. So you get quite a contrast. And those of you who understand or have heard about um, somatotypes before or body shapes. So you've got your um, ectomorph, your mesomorph, and your endomorph body shapes. So the example there, Hayes is sitting more on the endomorph side, and I'm sitting more on the ectomorph side. So with that, you get quite different needs. So with how the body responds, my body doesn't respond well to, um, to high amounts of weight. My body will generally break. My body's more rigid, um, more fragile. Hayes' body, you can put a lot more resistance through, a lot more weight, and he'll respond very well to it. I'll be better at faster, higher endurance, higher intensity. Hayes is going to be better at longer distance, slow and steady. Now, again, once we've got this information, we can know where we're, know where we're at. The, we've talked a lot about exercise and, and nutrition and, and just given the example of Hayes on three meals a day, his body's going to be better fasting, whereas my body will need more like five meals a day. Um, I'm less likely to um, break my food down so well, um, low amount of stomach acid, so I have to be careful that my food is well cooked mm. and easy, easy to break down. So all these little nuggets of gold that you get, and you start to see just comparing me and Hayes, how people are very, very different. So if I were to look at a fasting program for long periods, um, it wouldn't be as beneficial for me. More carbs for me because it's going to fuel my brain more effectively. But Hayes, if he was looking at fasting, he is going to be a better thing for him to be, to be doing. So all those diets and recommendations around food that are out there, people often ask me, is fasting good? Yes, it is good. And it's, it's great for in most cases, a certain level for, for all yep. people, but it's what level is right um, and yeah, what, what time. for each person, mm. what time. Um, certain people are going to need more vegetables. Certain people are going to need more um, more protein in their in their diet. So it's understanding all of these all of these things. Once you've got that information, you can you can run with it. Um, from a hormonal point of view as well, um, it is going to be different hormones of relevance for each each body type and health type as well. And this has a big impact on how people behave. So where we've got some massive wins, and it always makes me laugh as we talk about this, Lise, with, with relationship-wise, both with, yeah. our, with me, with my wife Sam, with you, with Hayes, with us as um, athlete and coach and as business partners, um, me with my children as well, and how we interact and communicate with those around us is a massive, massive eye-opener just because yeah. we understand more about behavior and personality as a result of the hormones we're driven by. So do you want to oh, yeah, yeah. that one up a little bit? <laughs> so we don't scrap as much as, as we used to. <laughs> <laughs> and you understand me better now. Yeah, because, like uh, just giving the example of me and Neil working in the business and, and, and as athlete and coach for many years, uh, I used to drive Neil nuts because I'm – so I, I'm uh, more in the mesomorph, ectomorph, mesomorph area. So we have some similarities in the, in the way we like to pull things apart and ask a million questions and, and, and so on. But I'm very much a take action now person all the time and jump in without any preparation and without any planning and just go, 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 go. Because I'm driven by adrenaline as my dominant hormone. 
Um, <clears throat> dopamine, we both have a problem with dopamine. We don't have enough, so we're always chasing that. So in that way, we're similar. But I used to drive Neil nuts with I would be just take, always after the new thing, chasing shiny objects all the time, new areas of, of science to go and chase or, or whatever. Or I was very much head through the wall as far as go hard or go home all of the time and everything that I do. And with Neil, he would take a more planned approach, a more strategic approach. He'd look at the bigger picture and so on. And so this caused a lot of uh, tension in the business because I would be going ahead and doing things before he thought we were ready to be doing them. Now we understand that about each other and that he plans and, and does things more uh, strategically. So what, what we've changed the roles that each of us have. And we still have the odd time when he's like, oh, for goodness sake, just slow down. But generally speaking, he can now let me take those roles where I'm ripping open opportunities, I'm, I'm diving into new areas for us in the future, I'm looking, I'm the you know, definitely got um, good visionary skills and so on. And he is cleaning up the mess behind me and putting structure in place into the programs that we're doing and actually making things flow and work properly, properly from a myth, you know, um, a method, what do you call it? Methodological, <laughs> a methodical approach to things. Um, and so we learned to work better and to just go, oh, well, that's least going off the deep end again. And, you know, he also can rein me in when he can see that I, because I'm so driven by adrenaline and, and chasing a dop dopamine all the time, when I'm starting to spin out of control and, go, and going, because I had a tendency to go so hard and then crash, go hard again, crash. And he can warn me now when he says, and I do listen now, I didn't always, uh, pull back, slow down, you're overtraining, you're overworking, you just, just have a bit of time out. Um, and so we can keep each other in check and I can go, come on, Neil, hurry up. We want to get this happening and, and, and can give him a bit of a, a bomb to get going at times when that's needed. So that's helped us work together. And the same with my husband, Hazley. He's what they call a, a diplomat on these programs. They have different names for the different uh, somato types and, and uh, phenotypes. And he's very slow to get everything going. Uh, so you have to give him plenty of warning if I want to go on a uh, I don't know a trip a vacation or something I better give them six months to plan for it or if I want a fence built in the back garden it's going to take at least a year <laughs> and I if it if it was me I would be like oh that's a good idea and I'd be building it the next day and there'd be no planning and the fence would probably fall, out, fall over in a couple of years whereas Hazley would take two years to build it but it'll be done properly <laughs> if that makes sense. So now we understand it about each other. I give him more heads up, more time to get ready for an event change. And uh, he has to just put up with the fact that I'll just keep charging and <laughs> doing too much. Too <laughs> but it's really amazing how much our dominant hormones uh, affect our personalities and our neurotransmitters affect our personalities and the, which part of the brain we use and all of this information comes out in the program which is eye-opening in the corporate setting because you can um, understand your colleagues better you can understand how to motivate your your the people that you're working with your teammates your your underlings you can help them achieve better because you know how to motivate them you know what they need and what they don't need. 
uh, and what time of the day they'll probably be at their best and when they won't be, uh, all of these sort of little variants. And so we work in the corporate space and that's been really, really uh, game-changing for a lot of you know, corporate teams being able to work together and understand each other better and have more empathy with one another. Um, and, of course, that all affects the bottom line at the end of the day. Yeah, it was so, so true. Fun little, um, fun little exercise which the listeners can, can do at home, Lise. If we ask them just to hold up one of their hands and look at the difference between their second digit and their fourth digit, so looking at the difference between second and fourth digit or second and the second finger and ring finger. Now, if you look at those... If you look at the difference in size um, and if the, the fourth digit or the ring finger is, is quite a bit longer or longer than the second digit, that'll indicate that you're exposed to more um, stress hormones, adrenaline, testosterone when you were, you were growing in mum's tummy. So that will indicate more from a, it's one of the measurements we use as part of the program, but that starts to indicate you're more like the, the type of person that Lisa was describing herself as. So more would like challenge, would like variety would like change, would like to jump over the fence first without worrying about what's on the other side and deal with it when, when she gets over there. Those generally with shorter um, or fingers similar length, one shorter, generally will want more organisation, will want more structure, will want more answers before they jump over the fence. And interestingly, if you look, Lisa's, your, how, how big's your... Your yeah, fourth digit, Lisa? Yeah, longer than mine. <laughs> 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 and then on the flip side, mine's similar size. Um, so, again, you can start to see the connection between the science, the measurements, the, 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 the balance, and then the, the things that are important to that person. Taking, taking challenge away from Lisa, taking variety away from her, taking not letting her express herself. So it's real important from Lisa's perspective that she can express herself and let those emotions and feelings out. For some of us, that's not so much of a not so much of an issue. But there's there's some people, and you may know them um, in your family and in your own social circles, where you'll think they haven't got a huge amount of filter between brain and mouth. And a lot <laughs> of the time, saying, it's just saying, no, <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying. But it's saying what they think and being able to express themselves. And I think you do that exceptionally well. You do that <laughs> so well. But you also know that if there's ever situations where you've been not allowed to do it. Yeah. It affects you negatively. You you yeah. you get frustrated and get a stress response mm-hmm. because you're not allowed to you're not allowed to um to yeah. to share that. In the same way, for me, if I'm asked to make a decision or go in and present something without having the information lined up, that creates a stress response in me. Whereas for you, it excites you more because yeah. it's challenge. So that's what I want to point out to everyone that's listening is that it's it's stress is so individualized as well and how we have a stress response once you learn what triggers that in people you're then in a much better position to help them control it and especially in the current environment with this year there's been so much uncertainty oh yeah it's really being able to take control of the environment as it is and then control your how your body's performing or responding from a stress stress point of view yeah, we can almost see, uh, you know, working in the corporate situations that we have been, um, the people that are going to do well in the home environment, you know, working from home environment, uh, and the people who are going to find that really difficult. And we can sort of see that before they tell us whether that is or not, because we know from their their type, their their genetic type, uh, what's what what's going to be a problem for them or not be a problem for them. For me, for example, that 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 was fantastic. As long as I could get out and do my exercise, when they took that away, going out, that, that 
it wasn't great. But being able to control my own environment, being able to do things on my time, doing it in my own environment, not having structure and things is actually, for me, was fantastic. For, for other people, they felt isolated, uh, cut off from their colleagues and, you know, all of that sort of uh, stress. So that caused them more feelings of loneliness and stress and, and worry. Um, and, you know, it's just everybody reacts differently. And when you understand that person's, uh, driving force, if you like, the driving hormones, the driving neurotransmitters. You know, you understand the chemistry that's going on in their body a bit better than you can have more empathy with other people too, with your fellow human beings, that they aren't all just like you. <laughs> I mean, the connection between biology and performance and productivity is just, you can start to connect the dots because if you maximise your biology, performance-wise and productivity-wise, you'll, you'll, you'll see an improvement and, a, oh, and, a, yeah. and an increase, increase as well. Yeah. It's the people um, and some other some other good wins just to share with everyone as well, Lisa. Just when you understand you're all different, you're going to have different areas you should focus on. The health and fitness industry traditionally tells us to focus on nutrition and exercise, and it's one of the 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 craziest messages that generally the the fitness industry has been built by crusaders activators in the in the earlier days, and therefore it was the message always been around eat little um, eat little and often train at high intensity or, you know, anaerobic threshold stuff, which works with what we've discussed today. You can see why it worked for a percentage of the population, but there's a lot it wouldn't. Um, it wouldn't shouldn't work for. So with that in mind, there's different priority areas that people should look at. For some people, focusing on their minds and allowing their mind to switch off each day, turning the volume down, should, um, should be a priority. And that long-term will help them change shape, lose weight more than... Exercise will. Okay, exercise is still important, but it's an understanding that they've had those particular people, the, the ectomorphs, have had more development through their nervous system from an embryology point of view. So when they were growing in mum's tummy, um, their, their ectoderm was, had more energy put into it, so it was developed more extensively. So therefore, they're going to have a higher developed nervous system and their brain's going to race a whole lot faster. Yep. So if the brain's racing faster, switching it off is is going to be key. Others have had development in different areas where food, for example, is like kindling to, their, to a fire. They put food in and they burn through it quickly. So they're going to need more, um, more food more regularly. Um, they're going to need more movement more regularly than other types. Um, and then they're going to need to, as they're moving regularly, they're going to need to, to rest hard as well. So the recipe for each person is going to be different. Others are going to need to know that their family, their friends around them, are safe and well because that will allow them to start getting the results. They're going to need good social interaction to boost hormones like oxytocin. Yeah. That's going to be key. So the yeah. point is that the, the guidebook or the rule book you're talking about, creating your own guidebook for your own body, it's going to be a different a different book for each person. Yeah, and that's every what this time. program yeah, does really well. Eh? So I'll yeah, give you an example of that. So my mum's what they call a guardian, one of the biotype names. Um, and for her her top priority area is social. So I want to, as a, as a trainer, as a coach, as a rehabilitation person after her aneurysm, I want to focus on food and exercise because that's what would suit me um, and where I think she can get, you know, she needs 
a lot of that, obviously, because she needs to rehabilitate her ability to move and so on. But at the top of her priority is social. So if she is not feeling connected and loved and supported and that her family is in a good place, she's not going to be interested in, in, in exercising right or eating right. She won't, she'll be eating the wrong food. She won't want to exercise. She won't be motivated and so on and so forth. So I have to make sure that she's mentally and socially, meaning her family and her friend circle, uh, that she's getting good, happy social interactions that if she's happy where her family's at, and if that's all good, she will do the work. So for some, for me, sometimes as a coach, that means letting her go off to the movies with her sister instead of taking her to the gym. And that's a big jump for me because for me it's all about, but you should be moving 10 times a day, you know. Um, but understanding that when she does and she has that time and that connection with her sister or her friends, that's going to enable her to actually come back and then exercise better and be more able because she's not stressed out to focus on her food and her exercise, if that makes sense. Uh, totally, Lisa. That's a, that's a gold, gold example. So I think the biggest thing for, for listeners to be, be hopefully taken away is that it's all right to be you. It's all right to be different. You should be different. And if you've been struggling in any way to get any results in any aspect of your life from a, from a work and, and corporate point of view with yourself personally or those that you're managing or driving um, from your health and fitness side, uh, perspective and sport and performance from a parenting or relationship side, then start to realize that you need a unique plan. You need a personalized plan and you need to look at yourself as an individual and challenge those around you that are giving you advice ask them what's what's going to be best for me because there's so much science evidence um, and research out there and with our, our our experience with the people we've taken through the program once you personalize it the results start to come a whole lot quicker absolutely lot quicker. they do in in all areas of life as we said not just your food and exercise because that's uh, you know, that's only a piece of the pie. Um, in, in this program, as we said, um, if anyone wants to check it out, we do hold a webinar every couple of weeks, a public webinar that you can just register um, and we'll take you through the whole science side of it so that you can understand what is in behind it to, to, to a certain degree, at least, and in, in what we can do in an hour um, and to understand the, the implications of what we've been talking about today and how it can actually benefit you. Um, if you are interested in doing that, I'll put the link in the show notes, but it's just epigenetics.lisatarmody.com to register for that webinar and you can come and hang out with us and find out a little bit more. Um, and if you if you want more information around this, otherwise um, you don't want to wait for the webinar, just hop on over to my website at lisatarmity.com and go to the Working With Us tab and you'll find the epigenetics program there and it all explained. Um, this is, you know, this is, apart from this program, the whole of medicine, the whole of the genetic testing, uh, the epigenetic programs like this, it's all going towards personalizing everything to your set of genes and your environment and optimizing that. And this goes right through from your the medications that you're taking right through to the food that you're eating, you know, right across the board. So it's uh, I'm really, really excited for the stuff that's coming down the the, the lines now from a science point of view because that's what Neil and I do is we just spend every waking moment that we're not actually 
coaching and, and working um, study and finding the, the latest stuff and always upgrading it. And I, I'm just absolutely ecstatic at the stuff that's coming down the pipelines now and the information that we can get. And it's like, why didn't we get taught all this stuff? You know, and this is why I'm passionate about this podcast, getting these experts on and sharing their insights in, into the latest science, if you like. Sometimes before it's ever got to the medical schools or the textbooks or the, uh, you know, it's stuff that you need to know about now. And um, this program is really, really exciting. So check it out at epigenetics.lisadarmity.com. Register for the webinar in a couple of weeks. Uh, Every two weeks we hold one. So you can find out more about it there. Um, Neil, anything else that you wanted to add on on to that? Nah, just go and be, go be you. It's all right to be you. If it feels right, do it. If it doesn't, question it. Question it. I think if you don't, even if you don't do the program and you don't, you know, want to do this and so on, Question whether the CrossFit that you're doing or the ultramarathon running you're doing or the keto diet that you're doing or the paleo diet, is it working for me? If not, try something else. If you want to cut out the trial and error, though, come and check out what we do. But if it just because it's getting results for your friend down the road does not mean it will get results for you. And that's probably the biggest takeaway. Understand that we are all unique. Love it, Lisa. Love it. Thank you. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys, for listening today. If you enjoy the show, please give us a rating and review. We hit the top 200 in the world now in the health and fitness genre. So everybody who has given us a rating and review on iTunes or any of the other platforms, we really, really appreciate you. Uh, We love feedback on the show uh, and everything that we're doing. And if you do enjoy it, please share it with your, your friends and your contacts because it's only through that that we can keep this going. Um, it is a labor of love and um, it takes up a heck of a lot of time and energy to produce these podcasts and get them out there. Uh, so we really do appreciate your support in that area as well. And if you've got any questions for Neil or I, um, come check us out at lisatarmody.com. We're, we're happy to, to help you there. There's the contact details on there. And we'll hopefully see you again next week. That's it this week for Pushing the Limits. Be sure to rate, review and share with your friends and head over and visit Lisa and her team at lisatarmaty.com.